Before we get started, Raymond, tell them where they can find us. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com at the Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the Goldcast underscore. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast. And most importantly, you can subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher. No matter what platform you're on, make sure to subscribe. That way you'll get notifications. If it's via YouTube, make sure to click the little bell off to the right of the subscribe button. That way you'll get notifications when we go live. The other platforms should notify you the way they normally have. YouTube has recently changed. That's why I'm mentioning the little bell because that's what you have to do now with the new uh, interface that it has. All right, and that's where you can find us. Yeah, and definitely check out our Instagram page. That's brand spanking new. Check it out. Follow us. We'll follow you back. You can get lots of fun little quick snippet updates throughout the week and throughout the day going on with all your t- all of our teams, 49ers, Warriors, and Giants. Today's episode is also sponsored by Rotary Dial Telephones. Are you tired of carrying a cell phone in your pocket? Of your ti- Are you tired of all the weird apps and the text messages? I'm looking at you, everyone over 50. Then why don't you try a Rotary Dial Telephone? They're slow. They're old. It takes 10 minutes to dial, but they sure cut out all of the fluff. Rotary Dial Telephones, available at a vintage store near you. All right, we're about to get into it. For uh, the gold cast here, we're going to be focusing on the Warriors, and we're also going to say goodbye to a legend, Mr. Tom Rathman. Here we go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the gold cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay Area fan. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host... Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! Here we are, Raymond, deep, deep into beyond the year of any of the old previous Goldcast seasons. We're now going to talk about some Warrior news. Warriors in OKC, very heated... Obviously, for a lot of reasons, the big, the big uh, free agency move from for Kevin Durant from OKC over to the Warriors, causing a lot of controversy. This is his first time he was back. This time, sporting the blue and gold. Final score: one fourteen to one thirty. Pretty, you know, for the most part, it was a really intense game. Definitely opened up with a. It had a playoff feel. The crowd doing everything they could to just kind of try and psychologically get into the head of KD. It didn't work very well. Uh, Warriors still it didn't win. work at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Warriors still win 130 to 114. Uh, and naturally, you know, the the first quarter opens up and and you can see Warriors are, are, are playing a little stiff. They're a little they're a little they're a little hesitant. Every single thing that's happening, the crowd is just overreacting to the several several different times uh, the uh, Gundy and Jackson were talking about how it did have a playoff energy feel to it, and I, I definitely feel like that was in the in the beginning of the first quarter. But pretty soon, you know, within by the end of the first quarter, as we started to march into the second, the Warriors pulled away, and that was pretty much it. I mean, they were man, they were dead quiet in the middle of that game. I mean, that, that crowd was just completely taken out of it. The largest lead of the night uh, for the Warriors was twenty six points at one point, but. Um, I want to give you. Let's hear your general thoughts about what you thought about the game. It was it was a great game? I was really excited to see it. It definitely lived up to the emotional hype. Maybe not the uh, physical hype. The OKC was coming off that big win against uh, 
against the Cavs, and uh, but it wasn't enough. They they just didn't have enough firepower to take care of the Warriors. No, and I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, it started off a little bit more even, but I mean, even then the Warriors pulled away by six in the first, and then they just decimated them in the second half, outscoring them forty-three to twenty-six. It was just typ- typical. So it doesn't matter whether they're in Oakland or Oklahoma, the Warriors just have OKC's number. And part of it is obviously because they just cannot, they just don't have the firepower. Um, Westbrook is by himself. I mean, he has Steven Adams, sure. He has Roberson off the bench. Roberson's very inconsistent, though. And, you know, him and Kevin Durant were got in each other's faces, literally. And, you know, I expected the heated exchange between him and Westbrook at some point in the game. I mean, to me, it's kind of exciting to see because... It's not like, like, I feel like uh, in in basketball, like, there's a little bit, there's a little bit of of leeway given by the refs where these guys are kind of allowed to jaw. Everyone will kind of come in and kind of separate the two, and then depending on the nature of what they do, will determine whether they get teed up or not. In the case of him and Roberson, they both got teed up, but I mean, it's not like the NFL where. It's a, it's a much more physical game, so that kind those kinds of exchanges are very normal and happen like almost every play. And so in basketball, basketball is less physical, so it's nice to see that kind of wrestling-esque, in-your-face kind of moments and people jawing at each other. It very much reminds me of wrestling in that fashion because the crowd's into it. They're chanting, very reminiscent of, re- of wrestling matches, which is also chants are, are very, very common in the wrestling uh arena so i loved it um but but and again i i loved it even more because the warriors just continue once again to say hey doesn't matter how mad you are about whatever decision kevin durant made we still got your number and there's nothing you can do about it doesn't matter how good of a game was russell westbrook has it's still not enough to do it because i mean sure Victor Oladipo, he had 20 points steven adams had 13 points almost had a double double but you know westbrook had 47 alone Everybody else, aside from the three players I mentioned, was in single digits and scoring, while the Warriors were double digits uh, from all the guys that they needed. Even JaVale McGee had 16 points, Klay Thompson had 26, Steph Curry had 26, Kevin Durant had 34. Draymond Green only had six points, but Draymond Green always makes his money in every subsequent stat. I mean, he had eight defensive rebounds, eight offensive rebounds, eight assists. That's typically where he does all of his damage, including blocks. Last week, he had a triple-double. Clay is one of the best two-way players in in the league, no doubt about that. And Steph Curry is always a top five in steals. And Kevin Durant, I believe, is also top 10 in blocks this year as well. So the defense comes from everybody, but Draymond's definitely the catalyst of that defense. So it is great to see. It doesn't, you know, there's nothing really OKC can do at this point. They're they they just don't have enough firepower. Doesn't matter what happens or what what Westbrook tries to do. He had 47 points, which is sure it's impressive. But he's a volume shooter. He's got to he's got to shoot majority of the shots to get those points. He's not a percentage shooter like Clay or Curry, who are definitely sharpshooters. Although Curry was a little off on the three point percentage, he only shot like 36 percent. Clay was a monster, five for eight, over 60 percent in three point percentage. He was also almost 60 percent in his regular field goal percentage. So. He was off the charts last night. He was just on his on his A game for sure. But yeah, there's uh, it's great to see because uh, I love watching OKC lose because I think the way they treat Kevin Durant is totally unfair. It's clearly biased. He fulfilled his nine year contract. You have no room to to get upset because your team couldn't offer him what he needed in order to stay, and the Warriors did. Well, you know, I don't even think it goes 
even that far sometimes. I honestly think that, it, you know, he'd been with that team for nine years. Um, you know, there was a, there's a certain style of hero ball that Russell Westbrook plays that I, I don't think he's ever going to be able to fully be able to get away from. And, and, and maybe just Kevin Durant was just tired of playing that way. You know, I think um, there's a very team-oriented aspect to the way the Warriors play, the number one passing team in the league. And I think that the unselfish style of the Warriors was attractive to him. And I think that, you know, he'd been there for nine years. Maybe he just wanted something different. Go go to the Bay. Go to a nice big big city like San Francisco and be a part of that kind of environment. You know, I think sometimes it might even just come to that that kind. And I think... I'm sure that played a part in it. I mean, let's be honest. There's not much happening in Oklahoma City. No offense if you're from Oklahoma City or you're an Oklahoma City fan, but there's just not a lot going on there. Yeah, it looked the same downtown-wise, but outside of that, <laughs> You know, but yeah, I mean, and I think that there's something to be said for that. I think it it just came down to it was just time for a change. Nine years is a long time. I don't know about you, but I, I haven't, I've never spent nine years at any job. <laughs> any job. No, not even five years. I haven't even spent half that time. I've well, got, I, well, in 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 a field, yes, but not at one facility. You know, I've spent a total of six years at a job, but not even con, con, consecutively. I still took I, there was probably like eight eight to nine months break peppered out between a six year run. You know, like I wasn't I was I, I can't say I was ever consistently at just one spot for the entire time. So. But yeah, it it uh, there's not enough firepower. I respect the hell out of Russell Westbrook's playing, though. He is so goddamn fast. Like he's so fast. It's un. I, that's I will agree with you on that one. I've never seen a player move as quickly as he can move. Um, the the way he can turn on the Jets, even when he's at a standstill position, his burst is insane. And he's he just he the guy flies. He flies. Yeah, he flies up like that. I I'm trying to. Remember. It was in the. I, I want to say it was in the late third or early fourth quarter where he uh, he 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 was uh, hitting a free throw and he almost caught he almost caught his own rebound and he just like he was a blur. I was just like, wow, it's just unreal how fast he moves. And I think I love watching him play. I love the aggressiveness in which he plays. It also got uh, a little chippy between him and Kevin Durant with the "I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming," and Kevin Durant ending with "Well, you're losing." I thought, you know, and like you said, it's like wrestling. You do like seeing it. Like when they went forehead to forehead, uh, Robertson and oh, that Durant. was terrific. It was great. I mean, you just you you knew everyone wanted a little bit of that really chippy drama between the two teams, and I love how much the the crowd tried, but Kevin Durant and the Warriors silenced them pretty fast. Yeah, I mean Kevin Durant is—I mean he's intense on the floor, and he's not as verbally intense as he is physically, but. I think that plays his advantage because he just has this calm, focused demeanor that allows him to block out stuff like that. Because he's owned OKC all season long. That he own, he's he's averaging 39 points against this team. He only got 34 tonight, but he got 40 the last time, and I think 39 tonight before the the game before that. So he owns this team, and it doesn't matter if it's like okay, so you're asking me to go back to the place that I used to play for nine years, and then just do exactly what I did there. Only I do it in this uniform with these guys. Yeah, sure, no problem. Definitely, and he actually was very supportive of the crowd. He said after the game that the crowd was amazing. Um, he didn't he didn't bash all their booing. I think he understood what. Yeah, was he going said he on. thought it would be louder. I think that was the only subtle dig he took at him. Is that you know just like trying to say like, hey, you didn't. A, you didn't get my head, and B, you weren't loud enough by my standards. Yeah, so 
Yeah, I, uh, I understand. He gets the last laugh, and he handled himself like a consummate pro. Yep, I agree. I totally agree. Let's switch gears just a little bit. Actually, I want to dive into the Cavs. The Cavs lose to OKC uh, just a couple days ahead of time. And, you know, LeBron has been very verbally, uh, you know, kind of calling out the, uh, the front office of the Cavaliers for not not trading to get another player. And I guess there's a big, there's a, you know, he's a, there's a big push, push for Carmelo Anthony, even if it means getting rid of Kevin Love. How... How much do you how much do you think the Warriors are in LeBron's head? I think a lot because in his mind, that's who his competition is. That's his arch nemesis. He's lost once by them. He's won once by them. He knows now that they're even stronger than they were last year. And sure, they've added a couple of pieces to their team this year, but it's not nearly comparable to Kevin Durant. No, no. No off-season acquisition is. The Warriors got the big steal this off-season, and they got the biggest player in the game next to Steph Curry and LeBron James himself. So if I was him, yeah, I think that's that's probably where some of it's coming from because that's who he's constantly comparing himself to. Just like when, he lost, when they lost the finals in 2015, he came out the next year and he said, the team that we lost to is hungrier than us at one at an early part in the season. He said it, it's he, he was frustrated because he says the team that that beat us is hungrier than we are at getting back to the finals. Yes, and and that's and that's just kind of that's just kind of his that's where his mind is. It's where his focus is. He's like, who's my competition? Because I got none in the East. Which there's some truth to that, obviously. I although I, I like the way Boston's playing right now. They're 35 and 19, so I think they're a team to watch out for. They they started off very slowly. I thought that like, they kind of lost it, their their juice, but Brad Stevens has got got them back on back on 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 track. So I like it too because it's in the East. It's Boston. They're a big, legendary, relevant team, and I would love to see somebody like them knock off the Cleveland Cavaliers in the in the semifinals or even the preliminary rounds. Well, Isaiah Thomas is probably the third runner up in the MVP race right now, you know, right, right behind James Harden. And those yeah. And, and their records aren't, they're only, there's a, only a two game difference. The Cavaliers at 37 and 16, Boston's 35 and 19. Yeah. It's a good one. I mean, I would love to see the Cavs get knocked off just cause I've, you know, I, uh, having to see another finals with LeBron James and it is just, you know, it just, I, I think it's inevitable, but it, it uh, it would make me very happy if, if, if there was just one without LeBron James. Like, please, just one time without LeBron James. Thank you, Lord. Let's do it. Yes. Yeah, but I think he's in, a head, in his head. But I don't – Carmelo Anthony is such, again, another prolific scorer. But he's never really been on a team. He's never been on a team. I, I just wonder you, – you take out Kevin Love, who's so instrumental in Game 7 of last year's finals. You take Kevin Love out of this current equation and you put Carmelo Anthony in, you're getting another big offensive powerhouse, but doesn't play a lot of defense. Uh, you know, kind of comes again from that hero ball generation. He's one of the last from that hero ball generation. A lot, a lot of ISO ball. Do you think he's a good fit for the Cavs? This is the conversation I don't hear anyone asking. Is Carmelo Anthony even a good fit for the Cavs? I don't think so. doesn't make sense. I mean, love, love is, isn't in that love. It took three years for love to get into a distributor slash a hybrid role of what he was used to in Minnesota. And that was that in, in Minnesota, he was the guy. He was the two-time All-Star, or I think three-time, I can't remember. But he was the scorer, so everyone was feeding him. When he got to Cleveland, he has like, no, you're option three. 
sometimes too. And by the way, we also want you to distribute the ball too. So that was what he was asked to do. And I think that was difficult for him to acclimate to. And it took him, like I said, it took him three years. Didn't take to the latter half of last season before he started to come into his own. He really turned it on in the playoffs, started averaging about 17 plus points during the postseason. This year, uh, he's, you know, he's still playing very well. But um, again, he's kind of still, to me, he still seems like the odd man out of their big three. Because they're just not, you know, it's not like the Warriors that are like in sync no matter what. And and the 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 out of the assimilation that Kevin Durant had to go through didn't necessarily affect the Warriors' ability to win. No. It, it was just like, okay, who's who's going to score tonight? You know, I think it was Clay was the only one that kind of had to assimilate a little bit. Curry obviously took a step back to give some more some more room breathing room for Kevin Durant so that he could have an easier time assimilating. But ultimately it didn't, they didn't really skip a beat where in the Cavs case, if they were to get somebody like Carmelo Anthony, I just don't know if it would work. It's like, you know, let's like, it's like putting a, a winless Kobe on a team where you're not, you're not the centerpiece where you're not Kobe. It's like putting, putting Kobe, like on, I don't know. It's like pairing Kobe with LeBron. That wouldn't work because they're both they're both two number ones. You know and, what I mean? And like, that's and that's all Carmelo Anthony's ever been. He's always been a number one, and he's always expected the ball in his hands. And he's the kind of guy that's always going to take the last shot. And he's not the kind of guy that's going to pass it to his teammates and give everyone else an opportunity to help him succeed. He's pretty much always had to run the show, and he's done that for his entire career. And I just don't see a situation where you put Carmelo Anthony on the Cavs and. That He's totally the- comfortable playing awesome on shitty teams because that's been his whole career. That is, and he's top dog. And then you put him on the Cavs, and that makes the Cavs better somehow. What they they where do you where do you put Carmelo? I mean, no one talks about that, and you know, I don't know. I mean, hey, if it creates more disruption for the Cavs, I say go for it. You know, I'm like dive in, gentlemen. Try and figure this out in the second half of the season when everything gets much harder. Go for it. Be my guess. It, it gives them an offensive boost, but they lose they lose some defensive they obviously lose some defensive clout. It's not like the Warriors get get worse on defense. Like I said, Kevin Durant is having a career year in blocks this year. That means his defense has improved it statistically. Has. It has a lot. The same thing with Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson has continued to improve defensively. As I said before, he's one of the best two way players in the NBA. So and Curry's obviously always up there in terms of steals. He's obviously a top five. Draymond, we obviously know what he does. And we also know what guys off the bench do, like Andre Iguodala, although Andre Iguodala kind of seems to have lost a step this season. I'm not sure if that's due to age or perhaps just the dynamic changes within the team of losing six guys for Durant and then replacing them with some other veterans. I don't know. But you, Sean Livingston, still solid defensively. Iguodala still solid defensively, despite the lack of a loss of step. And this and Zaza Pachulia, when he's in the lineup, is as as intense. I mean, he almost made the all-star. You almost had the entire rot- starting rotation make the all-star this year. I think he lost by like a f- few votes. Wow. Well, it just shows you where they're at. It's going to be really fun to watch. I'm going to enjoy watching the second half of this season or as we, as we approach, we quickly approach the second half of the season and uh, the Warriors' journey to gain a second championship. Yeah. The, the whole mellow talk is just because LeBron's thinking offense. He's thinking that we don't have enough offense to beat these guys and they're, because we don't have – and our defense can't cover all of them. 
If we cover, if we double team Curry, that leaves Clay and Durant open. If we double team Durant, that leaves Clay and Curry open. If we double team, uh, if we double team Clay, that leaves Curry and Durant open. So it doesn't <laughs> matter, and it doesn't what. And no matter what your rotation is, you you're you're going to have a mismatch. So you have to be if you're obviously if you're Eric Spolstra, your your rotations have to be catered to match whatever rotation the Warriors are running the floor. Because if you pull one of your starters of your big three out, you know, you can have an you can easily have a mismatch there depending on what Kerr has in his rotation. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's it's incredible. I, I still can't even believe it's Kevin nasty. Durant Kevin Durant plays in in the Bay on the Golden State Warriors. It's it's insane. Like we said uh, on a podcast one of our podcasts from way earlier this year, uh, back when it first happened that this this is the biggest this is the biggest signing since Deion Sanders to the 49ers back in, you know, 94. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I, would, I remember when, when we did say that. You know, I, I also uh, akined it to signing Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, I remember that. Uh, we'll have that we're, we'll have that added on to uh, for our YouTube listeners. You can actually you'll be able to click it, and uh, we'll we'll put a link in this podcast for that one, so you can see that uh, that old the old gold. That's the old gold cast. That's the old old gold cast. That that pod right there. All right. So actually, moving on. Speaking of the 49ers, a little bit of a little bit of a sad day. Uh, the formal announcement, which we, you know we had secretly suspected may be coming, uh, the. Tom Rathman will will not be continuing on uh, as a coach with the 49ers. He spent 22 seasons both as a player and coach. He was a fullback for the 49ers. One of our esteemed members, our, our one of our members in spirit, our, our father Rudy Solis, the first, the second, the first, the second, uh, Rudy Solis Jr. One of his favorite all-time offensive players, Tom Rathman. Uh, we had to say goodbye to him. He had no hard feelings, right? He was, he said it was kind of all in the game. Uh, you know, they discussed trying to find a different way to keep him aboard, but it, you know, it just it just didn't really make sense. There didn't really seem to be a logical fit for him. And so, after 22 seasons, Tom Rathman is saying goodbye. Yeah, it is unfortunate, and. If if some of you, for those of you that are not in the know, this is more or less because Kyle Shanahan had a obligatory promise to Bobby Turner, who's now the running back coach for the San Francisco 49ers. He promised him that he would have a position on his team in his same role if he were to become head coach, which obviously came to fruition. So he was fulfilling that obligation to Bobby Turner. I'm obviously no harm no foul for for my position or for my opinion because that's just a man honoring his word tom rathman understands that he respects the nature of the business and how changes like that i think in his case he should feel very fortunate that he was able to be retained through three different coaching regimes you know uh, it seemed like it was it might not this might this might be the change where we would see that transition because kyle shanahan everyone was thinking that he would he there was speculation that Bobby Turner would come over and retain his role, but uh, it looks like it ended up happening. So unfortunate to see Tom Rathman go. He will obviously get a job, and I imagine very soon because he is, if not one of the best running back coaches in the NFL. We that was one area where we were a top ten, off that was top ten and off the offensive rankings this year between Hyde, Drone, 
Harris and Colin Kaepernick, we had a really strong running game this season and par- partially contributed contrib- to the improved offensive line. Yeah, def- definitely a sad day, but an understandable one. I like what um, Tom Rathman said. He said, quote, uh, I'm looking to coach running backs and that's what I want to do. I'm just going to wait for the next opportunity and go for it when it happens. I'm not going to be back. I feel like it's the best for everybody if I just parted and let those guys do their thing and take me out of the equation so that nobody's uncomfortable. Uh, you know, and so, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. And, and Shanahan was fulfilling his promise. And, you know, from Shanahan's perspective, you, you know, you, you it's, it's very defendable and, uh, I, I completely agree and understand he doesn't know Tom Raffin. He doesn't, you know, have that relationship with him. I mean, at this point, he mentioned having the cleats when as a kid and all that during the press conference, but he, you know, Mike Turner is someone that he's worked with. Turner, Turner is someone that he's been with. And so, you know, he had that obligation. He's fulfilling his obligation, we had a feeling this might happen. I mean, in the second he had he had announced that Turner was coming on as the running backs coach, I was like, well, what's that mean? I was kind of hoping what this would maybe mean is that Tom Raffin was elevated and maybe put into a position where he was able to kind of more be like almost like an assistive, assistant offensive coordinator role. But obviously that isn't going to be the case. But thank you, Tom Raffman. Thank you as a coach and a player and much appreciated everything that he did and 49er faithful go look up some clips so there's got to be a highlight reel of tom rathman out there somewhere he's a he's pretty pretty killer fullback big dude he's huge yeah he played for us from 86 to 93 got two rings in the 88 89 season had he stayed for the 94 season he would have got his third ring under steve young but he uh left at that point and went to the L- the la raiders at that time in 90 to 94 Yep, and that's it. Uh, again, thanks to Tom Raffin. Thanks for everything he's done. Sad to see him go, but uh, I, we are truly, truly turning over a completely new page in the 49er era. So, Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis. You can also find us on Twitter at thegoldcast underscore Make sure to add that underscore at the end of the name. You can also like us on Facebook at The Goldcast, or I'm sorry, you can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com the, slash The Goldcast. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher. Those are obviously the big ones because once we go live, you can then turn on your listening, whatever, if it's a tablet, Android, or Apple. Then if you're Apple, you're iTunes. If you're Android, then you are Stitcher or YouTube. Oh, Raymond, you know what? I forgot. Uh, pardon the interruption, but we are at YouTube.com slash The Goldcast now. That's right. YouTube.com slash The Goldcast Stitcher under the same moniker as well. So you just stay stay consistent with that name and you will always find us and be sure to subscribe. That way you'll get a notification and you can pop it in. Whether you're at the gym, whether you're taking a dump, or whether you're uh, on a jog, or whether you want to tune out somebody in the car who you don't want to hear talk, you can just pop on the Goldcast and boom. Yeah, that cousin of yours that's like a diehard uh, Rams fan or, or a, a diehard Raiders fan because he was raised in Oakland and you were raised in the city and the mission and, and, and he's starting to talk about Derek Carr and you're just tired of it and so you just, just plug in and you can listen to the sounds of the faithful and hear your favorite teams, the Niners, the Warriors, and the Giants. That's right. Oh, yeah, speaking of the Giants, I think pitchers are reporting in, in next week or so, next couple weeks. 
pitchers reporting in, so baseball season's getting underway. We're only a couple months away from spring training. I love it. Also, Ray, uh, elimination chamber today for the SmackDown brand, Bray Wyatt won the belt from John Cena. There was like six. So the elimination chamber is there's four guys on each corner of the ring, and it's a big giant steel cage, and they're like in little pods. And every five and it's similar. It's kind of like a Royal Rumble-esque feeling to it. Two guys start fighting in the ring. It was AJ and John Cena. And then every five minutes, another one of the pods opens up at random. And then one of the other guys is released into the ring. And it was Dean Ambrose. It was uh, Bray Wyatt, The Miz. Uh, God, who was the last? Uh, Baron Corbin. And uh, uh, missing somebody. But anyways, it doesn't matter. What Bray Wyatt won the belt. And so now it could be Bray Wyatt versus his brother, Randy Orton at WrestleMania, as long as he can hold on to the belt for seven more weeks. It was pretty good, though. It was actually really good. Wow. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was a good fight. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll send it to you so you can see it. Cause it's, uh, it's cool. Good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rudy Solis 3rd, Rudy Solis 3RD. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay Area fan. We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time, same gold cast channel. Boom! Dubs. This is, is the gold cast.